Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the OTs Get Paid podcast. This season, we are focusing on sales and marketing. And if you've been listening, you know that I'm showing up each week to share with you why I believe OTs should be the very best at this skill. Now, guess what? Today, this guest... This is our first non-OT guest on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it's a watershed moment. And do you know why? This guest is a sales expert. And sales has been one hot topic here at the OTs Get Paid podcast. Past episodes that have dealt with marketing do really well. Past episodes that have dealt with sales are on fire. Selling scares us, and as OTs, we shy away from embracing it or even seeing it as a skill that needs to be learned. And I agreed for a really long time until I found our next guest. She is the owner of the Sales Maven Framework and Sales Maven Society. She is a sales expert with 25 years of experience. And if you look at her bio, you can see she's also had experience in sales with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard, and NASA. She lives in Boise, Idaho with her family. Most importantly, she has a heart of a service provider. Her smarts and her authenticity make her perfect fit for our beloved OT profession and group. She has a different way to do sales. I am a member of her Sales Maven Society, which is a membership. I cannot wait for you to hear more from her. I cannot wait for you to learn from her. Our next guest is Nikki Rausch. Welcome, Nikki Roush, to the OTs Get Paid podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to spend this time with you. Oh, I'm so glad that you are here. So every podcast episode, we start out with the same question, and that is, how do you get paid? Which means, who are you and what do you do? (laughs) Well, I'm Nikki Roush, obviously. My company (laughs) is Sales Maven, and I am a sales coach and trainer, and I specialize in the sales conversation, how to make it easy, how to build rapport quickly with somebody, and how to be strategic in your sales conversation without having to feel like you're following a script or being salesy. It's like, let's make this conversation authentic, and let's be strategic and make it easy for people to buy from you. So that's what I teach. I told everybody that they would love you and that's why you're here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you. How did you get into that, by the way? Like another question I ask people is that fist on the table moment. Like what was it for you that made you decide to start Sales Maven Society? 
Well, I am a sales professional by trade. That's that's my that's been my career. And in addition to that, I also have a pretty extensive background in neurolinguistic programming. If that's a new term for anybody, it's essentially the study of communication. And I was kind of frustrated getting a little bit fed up with the industry that I was in. I came from the tech industry. And I was helping to build my NLP teacher's business. And that was the first time I started networking. And I started going to these networking meetings, primarily with women, because I I had come from a very male-dominated industry. So this was like a big shift for me. And I was meeting all these super cool, passionate women that were wanting to do really good work in the Mm. world and provide a service or a product. And a lot of them were really struggling to make money in their business. And the reason they were struggling to make money is because they didn't really understand how to sell. And they didn't want to sell because it feels icky and gross. So I will say the moment actually was I started just kind of helping some of them on the side, not Mm -hmm. with the intention of having a business, but just pointing things out like, hey... You know, so and so said this to you at the at the networking group, and that was a buying signal. And you know, if if you say this when you get a buying signal, like the, here's how you move to the next step with them. And one woman in particular became like a sponge, and she just started asking me questions all the time. And we would ride together to events. So in the like on the drive there, she would just like question after question after question. I was giving her Smart technique, and and she finally said to me, Nikki why are you not teaching this? Because it works. And she was having so much success that my business really was born out of her company reaching out to her and saying, what's changed? Something's changed. And she said, oh, I started working with a sales coach. Well, I I didn't have a business. I wasn't identifying myself as a sales coach. And they ended up hiring me. And really my business was born out of just wanting to be around these super passionate, you know, people that were making an impact in the world and yet i had this skill set that if i could just show them or give them a little a little tweak to what you're saying or what you're doing and they were getting these great results and so she was like you got to start a business you've just got to do this and really my business was born from that how long ago was that uh, it'll be 8 years wow was that yeah. an easy shift for you like were you like yes of course i should or did you have no. self right <laughs> So give me a bit of that nitty gritty because I don't want people to think it's, I mean, in some ways it's that easy and in other ways there's like the gnashing of the teeth after. Well, okay. So I, you know, I came from corporate and Mm -hmm. I had a pretty good gig, frankly. You know, I was making really good money. I had the company car. I was flying all over, sometimes around the world, mostly in the United States though. And, you know, I was taking customers on fun trips and I was buying, I bought a customer a boat one time and, (gasps) You know, like I was doing, I had like the credit card I could pull out and, you know, pay thousands of dollars for dinner and bottles of wine. And any OT can (laughs) conceive of that. That's not our world. It's fascinating to hear about. So it was a really fun, like it was a fun fun thing. And so I was making good money, had really good benefits. So this idea of like having my own business was like, well, that sounds hard. (laughs) And that doesn't sound like, you know, there's a lot of risk involved in that. But I, I think the turning point was I was just about to turn 40 and I was feeling like there should be something more fulfilling. Like my personal life was going pretty well, my but my professional life, I was kind of bored. And I just felt like, I don't want to be doing this in 10 years. I don't want to turn 50 and be talking to the same people, doing the same thing. So what else is out there? And I just got really curious about that because I had also kind of made a commitment to myself that I was going to write my first book at 40. Like I had to have my first book published by 40. And so I took kind of a summer off thinking that I was going to go get another like corporate sales job. And while I was job hunting, I wrote my first book, which is a NLP book. It's called Six Word Lessons on Influencing with Grace. And I didn't write it thinking anybody would read it. I wrote it because... hey. It's Trish. Now that I've got your attention, I wanted to tell you about something that we are really excited about here at OTs Get Paid. This month, we are kicking off our formal, systemic, organized, planned, woohoo, referral program. With every referral of somebody that you bring to us that purchases one of our two signature programs, Road to 100K and 100K Club, we give you money. 
We're leaning into it. We're leaning into our brand and we're going to get you paid. At this point, we are offering $400 for people who refer someone who enrolls in our 100K club mastermind and $250 for somebody that enrolls in our road to 100K program. But we're not stopping there. Your referred member will also get access to a bonus Q&A Zoom call every month that we are doing just for new referred members with our coaches. It's going to be Q&A, ask the coach anything. How are you going to do this? The best way to do this is to connect with us via email or through DMs. We're keeping it really simple for right now. And we're saying, hey, here's their deets. Do you want us to call them? Are they going to get in touch with us? And as long as you mention each other, we will connect you and let our system wheels spin and they will get their bonuses and you will get yours. And I want to remind you, we are a company with a mission. It is to bring more wealth to more female OT entrepreneurs because we know what women do with money. They use it to better their families and they use it to better their communities. So for every dollar that we generate here at OTs Get Paid every year, we give away 1% of our gross income to Dress for Success, which is a charity, an organization that's dedicated to empowering women towards financial independence. I hate to use the term win-win-win. Somebody has a better one. Please let me know. But we don't want you to keep those benefits to yourself anymore. We want your referral partner to win. We want you to win. And of course, we have a social agenda here at OTs Get Paid. I thought... It'll make me feel satisfied. I'll have hit this goal that I set for myself. And my business kind of was born during that time of just going like, you know, I do have a skill set. Somebody's offering to pay for it. Like I should just try to give it a go. And I had this friend, this you know, woman that had really encouraged me. And she's like, people will pay you money for this. And I was like, I don't think people will pay me money. She's like, they will, they will pay you money. So it was a lot of me kind of going, okay. And when I decide to do something, I, I go all in. And so I really committed to it. And I also always had in the back of my mind, like, I still do this to this day, eight years into my business, like worst case scenario. I, I do too. always go always. get a job at the mall. <laughs> exactly. Somebody at the mall will pay me commission to sell their stuff. And I'm really good yeah. at sales. Totally. I always think my worst case scenario, other than, you know, going back to one-on-one clinical therapy, which is delightful and fun. And I would love to get, because I am was in pediatrics, I'd love to get down and play with some train sets again. But mine is always Starbucks. And oh. if I could have the morning shift at Starbucks, yeah, I would be really happy. See? <laughs> because Starbucks would, you know, they wouldn't pay me as much as I'm making now, but I'd still be okay. I'd get more benefits. And yeah. I, they might even like make me manager because... <laughs> They would make you because I would remember everybody's name and everybody's order, and I often think that too. And I'm like, you know, I got some money in the bank. (laughs) I can move to a smaller house or an apartment and work the morning shift at Starbucks. Yeah, I do the same thing, and that it does not feel like a doomsday scenario to me. It brings me comfort. There is something satisfying. Yeah, totally. Something satisfying going like. I know I can always get a job. Like even like realistically, even if it was fast food, right? Like I know I'm very hireable and I'm a really, really good worker. I love to work and I love to be the best at what I do. Mm -hmm. So I know I would would prosper. Like I just have that belief in myself. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I love that you have told us that piece because the OTs get paid framework, we focus on three things to get people paid. And one of them is increasing profit. Mm -hmm. Two is increasing clarity. And three is increasing impact. And a very important piece in the framework to increase impact is to serve your community Mm -hmm. and to be more than just even showing up for your face-to-face client, even more than showing up for your family. It's like that deep-seated, I was meant to do something that is really impactful on mm-hmm. my community. And we know the studies of women and when they make money, yep. what do they do with it? They actually do, I mean, go buy your shoes. And what we typically see is they put that back into their community. And you totally. were saying the same thing. Like, you know, you have that resonance of I'm 40, or turning 40, I want to do more 
with this skill set. And if we were going to rename OTs get paid, I would often say it's like OTs get impact or OTs get freedom. Like there's something mm-hmm. else inside them yeah. that's driving them. Yeah, so I totally get that. Story. Yeah, yep. it's so wonderful. So uh, Nikki has a framework that she calls the selling staircase. And because we are very transparent at OTs Get Paid, this is a reminder when you are looking at your business model, you can package points that you talk about into something more and name it and you have now shifted time for money. Mm -hmm. So Nikki has done exactly this. We've talked about package pricing in in different iterations here on the OTs Get Paid podcast, but this is an example of taking a skill set, find something that you say on repeat, find something that you have told your, you know, people, your clients, people buying your product again and again, name it, put it in a little bundle and now you have something that is more proprietary that you can sell for greater than a dollar per hour value. So we just pull back the curtain here a little bit, Nikki, mm-hmm. so that everybody can see. And this is a great example of what you've done. So Nikki's Selling Staircase has five points, is it? Five steps, yep. Five steps. Yep. And we are going to give a condensed version of that because we don't want to throw anybody into overwhelm. And based on the past episodes of OTs Get Paid. This is really what the community is saying that they need, what Nikki's experience for where the, you know, the the average OT is in their selling skills, which 99% of us admit, not great. (laughs) We've asked polls on the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. Please go in there to join us in those conversations. And so we have a condensed version of Nikki's selling staircase. So the first point is creating curiosity. And I am a member, as I've mentioned a few times, of Nikki's Sales Maven Society. And I have a visual (laughs) of a video where Nikki is curling her little finger and leaning in and saying, Take it away, Nikki. Here, what are you saying? Here, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Which is such a great hook. So tell us, tell us how here, kitty, kitty, and creating curiosity go together. Okay, so curiosity is the step two in the selling staircase, and it's the most missed step in sales conversations. Oftentimes, business owners don't think about creating curiosity or they don't know how to create curiosity. And yet, until you create curiosity, people often won't take this next step with you. And I compare creating curiosity to it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. So we've already, you know, we'll get there. But think about when you want to get your dog's attention. You do this thing where you'll be like, come here, boy, come here. And it's this high pitched, it's this like lots of energy. And dogs really respond to that energy. Now, sometimes when we're excited about a new product or a new offering, or we know we can really help somebody, we can sometimes show up with what I call dog calling energy. And it's like, oh my gosh, I could totally help you with this. And here's the both. And and then we also go into this place of like word vomiting on people because we're like so excited to tell them what we can do and how we can help them. But people shy away from that. They kind of push back. They go like, oh, too much, or you're coming on too strong. Or frankly, that's sometimes where people start to kind of, you know, eke into that side of being salesy. So instead, I say, think about creating curiosity, like how you want to call a cat. And you know, when you want to get your cat's attention, you do this like, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Now, cats cats won't necessarily always come to that, but they'll check you out. They'll go, what? Hmm, Give you a look, like what's going on? Tell me more. And so when you show up in conversations, you want to have what I call here, kitty, kitty responses to questions. And by having here, kitty, kitty responses, people will go like, wait, what? Tell me more about that. Or what does that mean? Or how can I get involved in that? Or how would that work for me? So just to give you kind of an example, if you're an OT and maybe you're out in the world and I can give you like example after example after example. So you tell me when you're like, okay, Nikki, cut it off. But if you're out in the world and somebody says to you something like really basic, like, how have you been lately? 
Now you can have a standard answer to that. You can be like, oh, I've been fine or things are good or yeah, business is fine. But that doesn't create any curiosity, right? So instead, if you say like something, you know, say something only only say what's true. So be authentic in your response, but say something that allows somebody to go, Ooh, tell me more about that. So you might say, Oh, I've been great. You know, we just launched a new program in the business or, Oh, I just put together a new package for some clients or, Oh, I just was able to help a client do such and such. Say something that somebody goes, well, what does that mean? Or Mm -hmm. tell me more about that. Or, Oh, how does that work? right? Because then now what happens is you you answer the question, you see what what kind of how the conversation goes. And a lot of times that then leads, because you've created some curiosity, that then leads to what I call buying signals. Buying signals are verbal and nonverbal cues that people give that indicate interest, like, oh, I'd like to know more. And you got to act on those buying signals. Now, before I go too much deeper down that, I also want to say, as an OT, you can, and frankly, should, I don't use should a lot in my business, okay, okay. but should be doing this with your existing clientele too. Creating curiosity, talking about what's new, what's different, what's what's coming up or what's something that's going to help them in some way for next steps. Because I would, I would assume, depending on your business, that reoccurring sessions with you are probably the way that people are going to get their best results. Mm-hmm. And so we got to make them ready and like wanting more. So you should also be doing this, not just when you're out in the world, walking around and talking to people, you know, but you should be doing this with your existing clients. I call this planting seeds. It's still creating curiosity. It's like, what are your hair kitty kitties? When somebody's like, have you been since I've seen you last time? Or, Hey, what's new with you? Or, you know, when, when you go into a room to meet with a client or a patient and, you know, they, they're like, Oh, you, you say, how, how are you feeling? And they're like, Oh, I'm good. How have you been? Have a response. That's not just like, Oh, good. Fine. Have some kind of a response that, that plants a little bit of a seed that makes somebody go like, Oh, Tell me more about that. Now, they may not act on it right away. They may, you may get into the session, but then as they're walking out, they may be like, you know, you'd mentioned that you are doing this new thing. Like, what is that about? Or can I, can I find out more about that? Well, that right there is a huge buying signal. So I'm going to pause here because I know I've been talking about it. I, I think this is so great. I took your advice. And when I was coaching one of my own clients, this is a woman who has a pediatric mental health new business. I don't usually take on people that are in the new sphere, but a story for another day, how she managed to convince me of that one. <laughs> and um, she wanted to start practicing selling her services, really marketing, I guess, her services yeah. to yeah. physicians. And she had a an appointment of her own coming up. And so I flashed back to this piece of advice because she said, oh, she's in the right, you know, we call them PCPs here in Canada. She's in the right group. And I just know with the people that work around her, it would be so great. And I, she's like, I guess I should just call her. And I said, well, and she said, my appointment soon. And that made me remember. So this was incredibly successful for this client of mine and this OT that I taught her your technique of when she says, because what's your family physician going to say to you when you walk in? How are you doing? Exactly. And she said, kids are good. Time for my checkup. I'm, you know, I'm excited and stressed because I'm, you know, creating this amazing new business for families and mental health. Here, kitty, kitty. And so the doctor was like, huh? And she wound up sitting at a table with like, you know, the right people. So I can attest, I've certainly used this, but this is the one that pops into mind as like one of the most natural Mm -hmm. and one of the best. And I also like that you talk about the lifetime value of a customer by doing this for your clients Mm -hmm. in different ways. I think that's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. So let's move more into buying signals. Okay. So buying signals, I mentioned verbal, nonverbal cues, and I'll give you just kind of some examples of some, but the most important thing is that when you get a buying signal, you have to take some action. And the action that you have to take 
is typically a buying signal comes in the form of a question. So you're going to answer the question for the client or the person asking, and then here's the action that you're going to take. You're going to issue an invitation behind that signal. Now, oftentimes people go, well, what if it's not a buying signal? Okay, that's fine. The only way we'll know is if you issue the invitation. And this is what I love about the idea of an invitation is it's it's not pressure. It's not like, hey, you better do this or your life's going to fall apart. It's a simple invitation. And if people say no or no thank you or not today, nobody has to get like, you know, upset about it or feel weird about it. It's just an invitation. They can decline it. So here's some examples of potential buying signals. You create some curiosity and somebody is like, wow, is that, you know, is that something that would work for me? Ding, 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 buying signal. So you say, yes, you know, of course, be authentic, right? Mm -hmm, Only give true Mm -hmm. answers. Mm -hmm. So if it is a good fit for them, then you say, yes, that actually would be a good fit. Here's how you might benefit from it. And then here's the invitation. You go, is that something you'd like to get scheduled for? If you don't issue that invitation, if you don't add that little piece on to the answer, when somebody asks you that question, like, is that something that would be for me? They often won't, you'll say like, yes, you could do this and you know, blah, blah, blah. Let me know if you want to. They won't let you know because you didn't issue the invitation. You didn't give their brain an opportunity to say, would I like to do this? Yes or no. And if you're not doing that, then frankly, you're one, leaving money on the table, but two, you're leaving clients and patients feeling unsatisfied Mm -hmm. with their interaction with you because they don't actually know what to do next. It's your job to be the guide. It's your job to issue those invitations. Now, as a guide, they can decline, right? Mm -hmm. But as a guide, they're much more likely to follow and do whatever that next step is because you've given that right answer. You've issued that invitation. Now they get to decide for themselves. Yes, I want to do this. So that's just, and you know, that's one example of, yeah. of a potential buying signal. And we have to act on them in the moment because sometimes they might not come back around or that conversation may never come up again. So issue invitations when you get buying signals. So point two and three are really hand in hand, buying mm-hmm. signals and issuing invitations. Mm-hmm. And I want to put a pin in this. That's from my favorite movie, Bolt, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen Bolt in (laughs) Pixar, Disney. I don't know. For some reason, my kids seem to be the only kids on the planet, total aside, that watched Bolt on repeat. Everyone's like, no, my family watches Moana. Anyways, away we go. (laughs) Put a pin in it, says one of the characters from Bolt. And I want to get back to talking more about different buying signals. I do, however, know how the OT brain works and how my brain goes to, because I'm an OT as Mm -hmm. well. And that is that fear of taking that issuing invitation step. So even though you're telling us how to do this, even Mm -hmm. though you are a, we like, we know, we trust you, and I know your stuff, I still feel in my body like, like that issuing invitation piece can be hard. Sometimes it feels incredibly natural. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of success with it. I've also had success in getting to know, like there's people that have said, no, thank you. Yeah. Which I find I'm totally okay with no, Mm -hmm. but I still get this little feeling inside to issue an invitation. I'm sure I'm not the first person that's heard this. Other than taking your word for it and trying it, what do you suggest to people to do to kind of get over that little spark of fear, big fear or little fear they might have for doing that? Well, I'll give you a potential reframe is oh, when you're getting that little like eh, inside you, I get it. And you're kind of thinking more about you in mm-hmm. that moment, but sales shouldn't be about you. Mm-hmm. The, the issuing an invitation isn't for your benefit. It's actually for theirs. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you start to look at it, like by not issuing an invitation, you're kind of doing a disservice to somebody you're not giving them the opportunity to decide for themselves. They're the, they're the adult. They're the, you know, they're the, the person who gets to say yes or no. By not giving them that opportunity, you're making a decision for them. Mm-hmm. So stop it in the kindest, nicest way. Do, did you ever see that old Bob, Bob Newhart? You can Google it or put it on. That's the stop it. 
anyway, I, I watched thinking, Bob Newhart, but I don't remember <laughs> that one. You can you can go on YouTube and like okay. put in stop it and watch okay. this video. But it's it's this woman who's like anyway, it's it's a whole thing around his answer to she's worried she's going to get buried in a box alive. And he's oh, he like was the, a psychiatrist. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so he, you know, so he charges her a certain amount of money, and it's kind of funny and this whole thing. But his ultimate answer is, she's like, "I'm worried about this," and he says, "Stop it!" And she goes, "Stop it!" Yeah. The answer is, "Stop it!" You know. Is that, anyway, if that will all the years anybody. of med school for that? Exactly. Yeah. Go go okay. watch this. Okay, okay. So here's the thing: you got to stop it. And because you're making it about you, and I will say, you know, what I teach and the philosophy behind everything that I do is built on rapport and sales isn't something that you do to somebody. It just isn't. Sales is something that you do with somebody. And when you start making it about the other person and making it easy for them and putting them as the priority in the conversation then yeah, you might still feel that little bit of that eek, but you start you also start to go, I kind of have a responsibility here. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to the other person to allow them to decide for themselves if this is the right thing for them or not. And they won't decide for themselves if the question is not posed a lot of times because, well, for a lot of reasons, one, most of us have decision fatigue. We get bombarded. And so if we don't have to make a decision, we won't. And unless you put the decision in front of them, then they don't get the result of whatever it is that is being offered here. Mm. And if they don't get that result, their life may not be in, improved in the way that it will be as a result of the work that they're going to do with you or mm. the product that they might have an opportunity to try. Or, And you know, think about all the times in your life where somebody has introduced you to something that you've been like, thank you so much. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be, frankly, Elastic it could be- waistband the, skirt with pockets. There you go. Exactly. A romper. Like, thank goodness for that because look how <laughs> much my life has improved. I'm, I'm much more comfortable. I love this. I feel good in it. I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Like all those things that happen when somebody is willing to be that person for you that says, hey, mm-hmm. Trish, is this something you might benefit from? And you go, hmm, Maybe. Let me see. Let me check it out. Let me let me dig in a little bit here. So that's what I will say to that. <laughs> you know, thank you for that. And if you haven't listened to season two, episode one, please go and listen because I make the bold statement in season two that I feel that OTs should and can be the best. There's a should. I don't use shoulds very often either, Nikki. Um, should and can be the best at marketing and sales because the bottom line, spoiler for that episode, is it's about rapport. And yeah. this is what we have been taught in school. We not only go into the field because so many of us have a pull to help, whether you're an Enneagram to helper or not. Yep. So we almost double opt in to this skill set by choosing OT as a profession, and second, by learning it in school, using that therapeutic use of self. We know pacing, we know modeling, we know, you know, interviewing, we know how to question people, we know how to reflect, we know brain-based, service-based mm-hmm. skills. And so this is, thank you for that answer, because I want OTs to hear that it's really not that far off what we already know. In fact, I will boldly say we already know how to do this. You do. And we have yes, to get, you know, our we have to get out of our own way. And I want people listening to this to reflect on times where sales has felt so easy. I often use the example of a friend of mine who is a designer and being stopped when I was going to the bathroom at a restaurant, they were next to us at a table, my cousin and my sister and I, and as I was standing to go to the bathroom, you know, in just this very communal, we're all out having a lovely dinner time, close table. She goes, I just have to tell you before you go to the bathroom that I just love this dress you're wearing. And I said, oh my goodness. So I was pro- dog energy. There was no kitty kitty here. I was like Bleh, all over her like white on rice. But I was like, Bleh. and I just said, you know, my 
good childhood friend designed this and she used to work at Chanel and look at stretches and it has pockets. And, you know, by the end, she had taken my friend's name and number in her phone and basically sent her a text at the table. <laughs> like it was a whole thing. And that's really sales because, yes. yeah, because, and it was easy and comfortable for me because I had so much belief mm-hmm. in this product. She also gave me a buying signal. I mean, a big, a huge she sure did. And yeah. it was easier to sell because it wasn't myself. <laughs> right? Also like, true. Yeah. So that I wasn't tied up in the like ego or threatening piece or whatever. The other thing I'll add before I ask you for more examples of buying signals is one thing that really freed me up. I know so many women and so many therapists are real perfectionists. And again, my soapbox, as some people have heard before, is that I think the profession is doing us a disservice now by requiring such high grades to get into the profession. Mm. Because I think you naturally become a checklist perfect person to get a 90, an undergrad, to get into the grad program. At any rate, I'll get off that soapbox now. And I feel as though giving myself permission to get to know was easier for me mentally than getting to yes. Mm. And I gave myself permission to get lots of no's. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you back and we can over we can do an episode later on about overcoming objections or, yeah. or if 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 uh, if you're interested, if you sure. want. And you know. No is is a, an objection to overcome. And also, before I was even ready to overcome objections, getting an answer felt freeing because I had tried a new skill mm-hmm. as opposed to not leaving it on the table. And then you get off the call or you move away from the client and you're like, oh my gosh, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have. Mm-hmm. And that's not a fun feeling. So... Could you give us some more examples of buying signals? Because I think there's so many out there that we are unaware of. I'll give you some of the more missed ones. Here's like a, it's the one usually when I give in a group setting, people will often groan. A potential buying signal is when somebody brings up a negative experience that they had with some other, you know, person in your profession or some other version of something that, not that you've done, but something that they've experienced or some limiting belief or mindset thing that they have around something. Now, oftentimes people go, oh, well, that's them saying like, no, get away from me. I'll never do this. But actually, I always treat that as a potential buying signal. And your job when you when you hear those like oh I tried this service and you know I didn't really get a great response or ah, it didn't really work the way I thought it would or whatever that is your job is to not dive down in the pit with them and go oh yeah you worked with so and so I've heard really bad things about them like no, none of that but instead to say I'm so sorry that was your experience you know, here's what my clients experience when they, or here's what my patients experience when they work with me. And you give like an example or two, and then you say, you know, is that, is that something you'd ever want to try again? That's that invitation piece. And if they say, no, no, thank you. Okay. This is also, I have, I have a mentality and I teach this as well. It's like, it's okay to bless and release people, right? Like we don't have to hold on to people. Your job in sales, and I don't care who teaches sales, People that teach you this, like shy away. Your job is not to convince people. Your Mm -hmm. job is not to change somebody's mind. Your job is to make it easy for them to be open to what you're offering, okay? So it's not about changing their mind, but it is about issuing an invitation because I can tell you time and time again where people have said to me, Nikki, I went through a training course on sales and I didn't get anything out of it. Or Nikki, I hired a sales coach and their approach just didn't work with me. Okay, so my job is you're bringing this up. I'm going to treat it like it's a buying signal, and I'll say, "I'm so sorry that was your experience." You know, here's here's one of the ways that I work with my clients. Is that something that would be interesting to you? I cannot tell you how many times people go, "Yes," they're like ready to take. They've brought it up to me for a reason for them and for you to almost bat it away for continuing with the cat metaphor. I, yeah, right? it's like, like, hey, let's just check and see. You know, are you willing to? Take another, you know, are you willing to take a chance? And if you are, I'm here for you to do that with. And if you're not, I'm not attached to you going like, I'm not attached to trying to convince you that you're wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not, Mm -hmm. you are who you are and that's okay. So Mm -hmm. be willing to check out these 
negative experience type conversations. And I'm sorry that happened. Here's what my clients, you know, experience, or here's the way I work with clients. Is that something you'd be interested in giving a try? Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Right. So that's one, that's, that's a big missed one. Great. Another one that is often missed is it usually comes in the form of a compliment. Hmm. Now, somebody says, oh, my friend told me about you, or my friend sees you, or my friend, you know, mentioned that you have this program, right? Like a lot of times we learn, I mean, most of us learn, like when somebody gives you a compliment, what do you say? Oh, oh, it's nothing. Oh, thank you. Your friend is amazing. (laughs) Yes. Which is fine. I would like, turn it. I would say thank you, and then turn it back. Oh, she was such a delight to work with. Oh my goodness, she was one of the easy ones. Like I would turn it and compliment the friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I love that too, right? Like, um, so usually someone gives you a compliment. We usually acknowledge it in some way, or frankly, we deflect it. Yeah. Which, you know, is a whole nother conversation, mm-hmm. which I do teach about, like how to stop doing that. And there's reasons for it. So, someone gives you a compliment, maybe you you say thank you, but if you don't follow up and check to see if there's a potential buying signal in that compliment, you'll miss out on working with people too. So an example of this is, you know, years ago, I was at this networking meeting and we had ended, it was a breakfast and there was this woman and she was kind of making her way across the room to me and the person I was in conversation with. So I don't know who she's coming to talk to, but there were like the only two people left in this room. So clearly she's coming to say something to one of us. And she comes up and she says, are you Nikki Roush? And I said, I am. She said, you know, my friend went through a sales training that you offered and she just raved about it. Now I hear buying signal. And when I hear buying signals, I actually hear a little noise in my head and it goes ding, ding, ding. So compliment, right? So she's giving me a compliment. And I said, oh, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed your friend. Now, is there some way I might be a resource to you? This is the invitation. Now you guys can't see me because I know we're on audio, but she did this thing where she like looked up to the right. And then she looked up to the left and she kind of paused and she goes, maybe. I said, great. What do you think about, you know, in this particular setting, I actually said, what do you think about us setting up a time just to get to know each other a little bit better and see, you know, is there a way that I could be a resource to you? Which we did set up a time and she didn't hire me on that initial call, but she did end up hiring me. And she became one of my private coaching clients for quite, it was a pretty big package that she she bought from me. And at the very end of our working together, when it was coming to a close, she said, you know, Nikki, this is the second largest investment I've ever made in my business. Mm. And it's been the best thing I've ever done mm. for myself. Now, she's heard me tell this story. She actually called me one time after hearing me tell this okay. story on something. She's like, that story's about me, isn't it? And I said, it is about you. Do you remember that morning of coming up to me? She's like, I remember it so clearly. I said, now, when you came across that room and you asked, are you Nikki Roush? Did you come over with the idea that you were going to pay me these thousands of dollars and hire me? She's like, no. I said, so how did we get here? Like, how did we get to have this relationship? Have you have this experience that you were super, you know, like she was really proud of herself for the, the investment that she made. And she said, Nikki you asked. And that's the answer. And this is why it's so important to act on buying signals. She didn't even know yet that she was like, that there was some kind of interest there. And, but it's my job to earn her business. Mm -hmm. It's not my, my job to try to convince her. It's not my job to be pushy with her. It's just my job to check it out and go, is this a buying signal? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. So this really simple question of, you know, can I be a re- how could I be a resource or could I be a resource to you in some way? And sometimes people might go like, yeah, do you know a painter? Because I need my house painted, right? Like they <laughs> might have an answer that's totally not related to the work that you do, um, which is okay too. But be willing to check out these compliments and see, are they buying signals? Oftentimes they are in fact buying signals. It's a great story. I want to ask about one more buying signal before okay. we get into our speed round of questions yeah. before the end of this podcast. And that is a really simple one, which I know some people still struggle with. And that is the buying signal of asking the price. Yeah. When I start to think of that as a buying signal, as mm-hmm. opposed to an eep, oh no, yeah. 
they're going to reject me. So I would love people to hear a ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Even though it's simple, can you walk the listeners through that simple methodology of thinking about it as a buying signal and how they would issue an invitation when price comes up. Yeah. So that that actually is like my number one buying signal when somebody asks you about price. Your job is to answer the question. And when somebody asks you about price, frankly, it's really important that your your whole body, your voice the way that you you respond is very congruent. So when you know, I have a I had an old time mentor who used to always say, when somebody asks you about your price, Nikki, you give it like you're giving the time of day. You mm-hmm. say it that congruently, like it is a fact. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this is what time it is right now, or this is what day it is, or whatever. You say it as if it's fact because it is. So somebody asks you about price, you answer the question. By the way, the answer to that question is never. It depends. Even if there's a part of you that's like, but it does depend, Nikki. Okay. I have a different way to answer that. So you let me know if you want me to go into that. But never is it depends is the answer to the price question. So you give the price or you give a range, a price range, and then you follow it up with that invitation. So for instance, if somebody said, how much does it cost to be in your sales maintenance society, Nikki? I'm going to say it's $147 a month. Is that something you'd be interested in joining? That's my invitation follow-up. Every time you give price, you follow it up with an invitation and then you zip it. You wait. You don't keep talking. I don't say, it's $147 a month and here's all the things you get and blah, 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 blah. No, it's $147 a month. Is that something you'd be interested in joining? And then I wait. I give you time to process what you've just heard because this is probably new information You're also getting to process the invitation. And maybe you have some questions. Maybe you say, I have some questions about the Sales Maintenance Society, or I don't know that I'm ready to commit to that kind of money or whatever it is, but be willing. Give price, issue invitation. I love it. And to tie that into a therapeutic skill, it really is holding space for people, Mm -hmm. which is not always easy. And which we also underestimate as value. In my days of clinicianship, I remember the days where I would be under the weather or feel lousy. So far less dog, puppy, Trish, typical energy (laughs) would often be more successful clinic days, therapy days for my clients because I wasn't word vomiting. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the energy to take over the room. I was in far more curiosity. I was in far more zip it Mm -hmm. with information that I would give because I literally didn't have the energy to fill the space. (laughs) And I would constantly think I was failing at work that day. And in fact, upon reflection, so much more would come mm-hmm. because I stopped talking, which y'all know if you've listened to this podcast, I do really, really well. But it's not always right. So I, as a clinician, I want you to remind yourself of if you've had those experiences yourself. And again, the skill that we learned in school, which is holding the space for people. It's, it's, it has legitimate neurological science behind it, Nikki smiling, and it can work in a variety of ways, including in sales. So Nikki, as we're wrapping things up, I want to go into the rapid fire questions that we ask every guest. Is that okay? okay? Yes. See, I issued an invitation and then and I, I get to answer. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm learning slowly but surely. You're awesome. Nikki, what is your biggest personal money splurge? Mm. I'll tell you, people give me a lot of judgment around this, but it's this is true, is I will typically, unless it's crazy, crazy expensive, I will always upgrade to first class. Oh, okay. I'm like so jealous because I always hover over that button and I'm like, heck to the no. That's that's a price jump. 
Depends on now. Sometimes you know, if it's like thousands of dollars, no, I wouldn't do yeah. it. But if yeah. it's if it's two hundred dollars, you better oh. believe I'm up okay. What airline are you flying where it's two hundred? Uh, well, okay, so I don't think they fly in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now. Well, part of this is because I was a road warrior for so long. Exactly. I mean, I used to take like legitimately 120 flights a year. My yeah. airline used to send me a Christmas gift. That's how much I flew. <laughs> like, exactly. So you probably very often. You, you have access to perks that some of us don't well, have. Well, I used to. I've lost all those over the years because I'm not flying the same. So I used to fly first class, not with a, not paying for it about 70% of the time. So once you get used to it. Totally. So now, you know, in, in the States, I tend to fly Delta a lot and Alaska mm-hmm. Airlines a lot because that's kind of the area that I live in. So yes, I will upgrade to first Ugh. class. That is so beautiful. I love that. And because we mentioned them on the podcast and because I'm an OT that gets paid, if anybody at Delta or Alaska wants to sponsor the OTs Get Paid podcast, see, I'm just issuing an invitation. That's right. That's absolutely right. Thank you. What is your biggest business-related splurge then? Oh, I'm going to say the my my professional development yeah i will sign up and i really do invest in myself i personally think as a coach you got to walk your walk and you got to talk your talk so mm-hmm. i want people to invest in my coaching and i invest you know in other people's coaching programs and i spend a lot of money a so lot of money so on do coaching. i yeah. actually met with my bookkeepers at the end of my fiscal year which is june 30 and i made them put a new line item in quickbooks on it, we call it continuing ed or like mm-hmm. pd trish's pd and yep. i have a chunk of change on my cash flow forecast for that and every time i look and i think we can decrease operations costs cuz i'm a bit of a spendy company and mm-hmm. i think one of the reasons if you really looked at the percentage of ops a bigger chunk of my ops goes to exactly what we're talking about. And I wouldn't have it any other way. No, me either. Like, I love it. In fact, it's like, I'd rather that than a dress. I mean, skirt with pockets with an elastic waistband is like a whole other category, but, right. or a romper. But, you know, I totally agree. And I yeah. just give myself permission. Like, if I own a business that I spend more money on professional development, continuing education, you know, investment in those business skills, that makes me darn happy. Yeah. I, I have a I have a CFO. We meet every month and we review my financials and we also mm-hmm. talk strategy and she's amazing. I love yeah. her. And the first, you know, couple of years, she's like, you know, this is a lot of money you're spending in this mm-hmm. coaching program. But I also am somebody who I invest money in myself because I believe in myself and I make my money back. So I know there was one month where I, you know, like without having a conversation with my CFO, which not that I have to, but typically big expenditures, I'll run by her. And I bought this $5,000 program, like kind of on a whim. (laughs) And and, you know, I knew like she was going to be like, we didn't really budget for this $5,000, you know, additional in, in addition to what mm-hmm. I usually spend on coaching. And I turned around and made $60,000 off of that program. Yeah. So I learned what I needed to learn and I made 60000 So now she doesn't ever question. Like, it's just, it's just, it's Nikki's going to make money off of what she invests in herself. And that's just, that's my mindset. And that's now her mindset too. I totally agree. And if I could add something maybe a little bit more frivolous to it, I love that super, super direct ROI. And I don't want to take away from that. I'm also going to add that it, if, if investing in those types of professional development also brings you joy, yes, then do it. Like yes. I, actually don't get a lot of joy out of shoes. I talk about shoes a lot because to me, <laughs> it's like a woman thing. It's allowed. I just, but it doesn't thrill me to the core, right? But honestly, like paying for a course, even if I don't use it a lot or if I take a tidbit of it or if I don't even know the direct ROI, and you know, that's not the mindset of all, but I'm giving people listening permission to, if that's how you spend it, so it, sometimes I look at that look at that as a business line item, and other times I look at that as almost a personal line item. Like where yeah. where should it go in my budget because of the joy that it brings me. Yeah, I love that too. I know before we started recording, I made I dropped a comment 
about my stylist. Like I also invest in a personal stylist because I'm on camera so much. And also when I was traveling more and speaking, like being on stage and all of that, having pictures taken and all of this stuff, like it has been an incredible investment that I have made because it boosts my confidence. Mm -hmm. I show up in the way that I want to be seen and it doesn't come natural to me. Like I am not somebody who, believe me, when I'm not on camera, I don't have makeup on. Mm -hmm. I only get my nails done because my stylist is like, girl, you got got to do your nails. (laughs) I don't particularly enjoy that piece, but I do know that it makes a difference because when I show up, my clients are like, you're you're always ready, Nikki. You always Mm -hmm. look like you're ready for me. Like you've prepared for me Mm -hmm. because I have, but I need somebody who goes, here's what you wear. Here's the colors and here's the, yeah. So yeah, I like the I like the blur of business and personal because it becomes mm-hmm. personal when you show up as your best self, whatever that might look like, gym membership, yep. whatever it is. Yep. Yep. Okay, so two more questions. Okay. Third, where do you have paid or unpaid help in your life? Mm. Personal life, I have a cleaner. I've all I've had a cleaner for many, many years and because I find that to be like, ooh. <laughs> like not the thing that I want to spend my time not on. Not your zone of genius. Yep. No. And of course, my husband is super, super supportive. And so that's the unpaid help in my life is my husband. And he does 95% of the dishes in our house. Nice. So there's that. I'm super thrilled. That is an amazing help. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Last question. If I can okay. wave my magic money wand mm-hmm. and put ding, seven figures into your business right now, what mm-hmm. would you spend it on? think what I would spend it on, that's a, such a great question. Can I split it in half and say two things? It depends. No, that's not the right answer. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now I'm going to stop talking. Okay. See, I get, I'm taking your coaching on, on, on air as we're speaking. So I love it. Yes. And now I'm going to shut up. Okay. I'm going to take probably a good portion of it and I'm going to invest in hiring somebody to help me build out a really strong affiliate program. So there's that. And then I have this other idea that also I would need to hire out for somebody to help me structure it and all of that. And that would be to add another arm to my business, which would be a certification course for other business coaches who want to get certified in the content that I teach around sales. Because I think there's a lot of business coaches out there that say they they can also do coaching around sales, but I don't find that often to be the actual case. So I would love to have a certification program to give people an opportunity to really hone these skills so they could teach them to somebody else. I love it. I love seeing the vision and, you know, some strategy for your forward thinking with those answers. It's a really great insight. And it's great for people to learn if you haven't thought about that. And that's also something that you might want to do sooner or later, but it's a very insightful answer. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as I said in the intro, you guys would love listening to Nikki. I am just so ever grateful that as I keep saying, you're the first non-OT guest that we've had here and your kindness and your rapport and your credibility are, you know, I know their values in your company and mm-hmm. they are second to none and they shine through with this episode. So thank you so, so much for being here. Where can people find you? Well, I always like to wrap how to find me in a gift, if that's okay. Please do. So, uh I like to give a gift when I get to come on a podcast for a listener, which is my ebook called Closing the Sale. And it gives some of the steps that we talked about of the selling staircase and some language around issuing invitations. So you can get that by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash OT. So this is for your listeners. So your sales maven and maven is M-A-V-E-N.com forward slash OT. And then we'll be connected. And then you'll, you know, 
you'll get an email from me and I'd love to hear from you. And of course you can find me on social media. And I also have my own podcast too, which is Sales Maven. That's another we, place to find We are going to link to that in the show notes to the okay. gift that you are giving the listeners. And as well, your podcast. I was also a guest on your podcast. Sure. And I'll link to that episode and to your podcast in general. So lots of different ways to find Nikki. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. <laughs>